Okay. ATF, WHO, UNO, you, you name the agency, folks. They're all controlled by the international banksters. Welcome, everybody. This is Bloodlines. Today is May 15th, 2022. And as discussed last night on Restoration Hour, Michael and I are going to do a presentation, uh, you know, a tribute to Randy Weaver. And I put the link in the chat room. Randy Weaver was a great patriot. Uh, a very great patriot who was, uh, how should I put this, raked over the coals uh, by the uh, establishment, the uh, establishment of, um, you know, the international bankers here, the, the Zionist cabal that runs America and the world. And uh, he was a great patriot. He was a Christian identity believer. And uh, he actually beat them in court because they murdered his wife, Vicky, and uh, I forget if they, uh, I think they shot either his son or a friend of his son, I forget, and their dog, right? Uh, so uh, this is really a case of government terrorism against Randy Weaver, and he, but when he sued them in court and won, he became a hero of the Christian identity movement and patriots everywhere, okay? that That's why his memory has been forgotten. <laughs> the mainstream media wants to forget this story altogether. So uh, what's your awareness of uh, Randy Weaver in Sweden, Michael? Uh, basically, I have come to know about uh, Randy in, in this movement, in the Christian identity movement, but I have never heard about this about Randy here in Sweden in the mainstream presses, in the mainstream anything. Okay. That has been, he has been uh, really put in the memory hole for us. Uh, and here I read this article here on this, on those Swedish uh, national, national socialists about Randy Weaver, where they, where they, they said, yeah, they killed uh, his dog, they killed his son Samuel, Sam, uh-huh. and then his wife, uh, Vicky, that had his, had his children in his uh, arms when they shot her. Uh-huh, right. Right, yeah, and uh, it was a a FBI sniper by the name of Lon Horiuchi who murdered her, uh, a bullet to the head, while she was holding her baby in her arms. And uh, I think Randy was also uh, uh, in- injured in in the melee there. But of course, the, the the whole story was whitewashed in the kosher press because the uh, FBI was so obviously guilty. That uh, they couldn't, they couldn't even spin this into a positive story. So they just memory hold it. Okay. Well, if you got that article by the National Socialists in front of you, why don't you go ahead and read from it? 
Yeah, but the problem is it's in in uh, It's in Swedish. Oh, it's in so, Swedish. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see if I can find a false translator for it. I have a look. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, I can just bring up an article. Uh, I had an article from the UK, which would uh, you know maybe uh, act sometimes. Uh, uh, stories from other countries are even better <laughs> than local stories, right? Because they they want to bury the story of Randy Weaver. And uh, here, let's go to this. Yeah, this is the Daily Mail, UK. Okay, Ruby Ridge white separatist Randy Weaver, whose eleven day standoff with federal agents. Transfixed America, yeah, well, they were trying to blame him the whole time, and left his wife and son dead in 1992, dies at age 74. And I'll just read some of these bullet points real quick. Randy Weaver died on Wednesday, age 74. His daughter revealed in a statement he was the central figure of the 11-day Ruby Ridge siege on August 1992, and this entire siege was illegal. Federal agents were attempting to arrest him on a bench warrant for missing court. Okay, as I said earlier, they, uh, uh, I think before the show started, uh, uh, he, he was being prosecuted for selling a sawed off shotgun to a, uh, an agent, a government agent. And then rather than tell him that the trial date had been changed, they did not inf- inform him of that. So he missed the trial date. And so I think their case, their case uh, of the selling the sawed-off shotgun was so weak that they deliberately misinformed him or did not inform him of the new trial date so that they could accuse him of that. All right. Federal agents were attempting to arrest him on a bench warrant for missing court, right? That's how they tried to get him. Weaver's wife, Vicky, 14-year-old son, Samuel, and a federal agent were killed. He was later acquitted of all charges except the original failure to appear. Weaver and his family won a $3.1 million civil suit from the government. He became a hero to the white supremacist groups and anti-government militias. Hooray! Yes, he did. Despite all the lies, we know what really happened. Same thing with uh, uh, many other patriots here in America who had been railroaded by the kosher government that we have. And uh, the story is very typical. The, of how they treat patriots who are 100% law-abiding American citizens. Okay, and then finally, Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh cited Ruby Ridge as his motive. Well, but he was he was also <laughs> Timothy McVeigh was an MIA military intelligence agent. Okay, he was not a real patriot, and uh, he was created. He was used to, to again to make white separatists and white nationalists and Christian identities look bad. Anyway, the article here, I'll just share a little bit of the article. Randy Weaver, patriarch of a family that was involved in an 11-day Idaho standoff with federal agents 30 years ago that left three people dead and inspired the modern anti-government militia movement. Well, no, the, the modern anti-Zionist militia movement has been around for a long time, way longer than that. But it definitely no, no, noted Militia people around the country realize, hey, wait a minute, the government is going after us, okay? So you better get ready, okay? So he has died at the age of 74. His death on Wednesday was announced in a Facebook post by daughter Sarah Weaver, who lives near Kalispell, Montana, 
and wrote, Love you always, Dad, on a post-sharing photo of him, along with the dates January 3, 1948, and May 11, 2022. Sarah Weaver did not immediately return a request for comment from DailyMail.com. Details of Randy Weaver's cause of death were not immediately available. So it's one of the few cases which was actually, how should I put it, you know, did get international attention. But, of course, Randy was constantly being accused of being a white terrorist, right? Uh, the full story, and the, re- and the reason he was acquitted at court was because the whole thing was a setup, okay? Setup, okay? Uh, if they needed to arrest him, they should just present him with a warrant. They could have starved him out. They had all, you know, they had helicopters, right? They had helicopters. They had uh, agents crawling underneath the house, uh, doing everything to terrorize them. It was a living hell for the Weaver family, especially after they shot Vicky dead. All right, so uh, this was terrorism by the government, folks. One hundred percent terrorism by the government, and uh, they were they were found guilty. Okay, Lon Horiuchi should have been executed. For murder. That's what should have happened. Okay. All right. Your comment at this point, Michael? Yeah, yeah I've, um, I did translate with Google Translate this text. I can read part of this um, okay. um, Swedish text. Yeah. So the first that will come is a, is a quote from Randy Weaver himself, where he says, uh, I'm not a hate racist in the way most people imagine, but I believe in racial separation. We wanted to be separated from the rest of the world, to live in a remote area, and give our children a good place to grow up. Um, And yesterday, Sarah Weaver announced that her father, Randy Weaver, passed away on May 11th. The father turned 74 years old and is known to have survived the siege of Ruby Ridge in 1992, along with his three daughters, in which federal agents uh, killed Randy Weaver's 14-year-old sons and his wife. And then here's a little short summary of the of the siege of Ruby Ridge. Um, if you want, I can proceed to read this one as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That yeah, sounds like the, a good article. Yeah. Yeah, the siege of Ruby Ridge in 1992. The Weaver family had moved to Ruby Ridge to escape the modern decadence and are said to have had connections to, among other, uh, the Aryan nation and the Christian identity. Uh, The conflict between the family and the U.S. state was rooted in a criminal provocation where an infiltrator claimed to have bought illegal weapons from Randy Weaver. Uh Uh-huh. Infiltrator, right? That's how they always operate. Yes, and according to Weaver, it was the infiltrator himself who modified the weapons so that they became illegal in order to blackmail him and make him an informant for the authorities. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, the authorities still chose to prosecute Weaver as he did not agree to become an informant. Prior to the trial, um, the wrong date was communicated to Weaver, who did not appear in court. Although the authorities were aware of the communication failure, a decision was made to arrest Weaver uh, whom he opposed. Therefore, the authorities for a long time began to monitor and plan the arrest of Weaver, who was through to be difficult when Weaver had weapons in his home, was suspicious of the authorities, and himself had uh, previously been part of the military special 
elite unit green baskets. Yeah. So he was suspicious of federal authorities, huh? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? Why would he be suspicious of federal authorities? He has a good. He has a very nice living living soul within him to be. Amen. Amen. He's got no. He's got discernment, <laughs> right? Yeah. He wasn't brainwashed like the vast majority of, of the people around the world, not just Americans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's continue then. So the conflict escalated on August twenty first, nineteen ninety two, when six agents with camouflage clothing, sunglasses, and M sixteen rifles scouted the area around the family home. Agents threw two stones at the house to test the family's dog. Uh, the dog were provo- provoked, and Weaver's 14-year-old son, Samuel Weaver, and Kevin Harris, a friend of the family, accompanied one of the dogs out when they, when they thought it had um, reacted to an animal. The dog found the agents in the forest, and one of the agents then opened fire and killed the dog. Whereupon Samuel fired back at the attacker. Another agent then shot Samuel in the arm and was in turn shot dead by Harris, who then retreated toward the house. A third agent then shot Samuel dead when he too had turned his his back on the agent and was about to return to the house. After this, a more intensive siege of hundreds of agents began where the authorities also set up a a rule of thumb that lethal force would be used if one of the three adults was in the was in the Weaver family's home and they were armed. This led to a sniper uh, shooting Randy Weaver in the um, in the back on August twenty second, when he was about to enter a smaller uh, guest house where the body of the dead son Samuel had been placed. Mm. The shooter had aimed at Weaver's backbone but missed allowing Weaver to survive and escape back to the house. Um, with him, uh, his, weave, his, um, his um, Weaver, um, his daughter Sarah, who was 16 years old at the time, and Harris, who also was, who, oh, the translation is strange, who was also fleeing the house, after which the sniper fired another shot at injured Harris. The bullet that hit Harris then flew on through the door of the house, killing Randy Weaver's wife, Wiki wow. Weaver who was standing inside the door holding her 10-month-old daughter. So if this isn't a blatant act of terrorism by the government, I don't know what is. There's no other way to describe this, okay? And anybody who approves of any such action by the government is an idiot. Uh, Pure, uh, totally unconstitutional, totally immoral, okay, to just uh, invade somebody's property with the intent to kill, Right? That, that's what their intent was. Back to you. Yes. The siege then continued until August the 30th when Harris, who was badly injured, gave up. And the next day, Weaver and his three daughters also gave up. Harris was subsequently acquainted of all charges. And Weaver was convicted only of missing the trial date. But was acquainted of the fabricated gun crime and his actions during the siege of the family home. After serving 16 months in prison, Randy Weaver received, um, w- let's see, $100,000 for the murder of his wife and son, and his daughter received $1 million each. The state's uh, conditions for the settlement, however, was that they did not have to admit that the authorities had committed any wrongdoing. Wow. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are murderers yeah. and have murdered yeah, in two yeah. innocent people and 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 injured two yeah. more and also killed his dog. So yeah, no wrong there. Right, right. So we see that the uh, ADL-controlled government of America, uh, the, all these Jewish organizations that control our government, they wanted Weaver dead, uh, and uh, they, they have been making war against American patriots, uh, tax protesters, etc., in this fashion during the 1980s and uh, into, as we see here, 1990. But, uh, the 1990s, but with... Uh, his victory in court over the feds, the uh, the government stopped doing this kind of thing because it's getting really obvious that they're not going to be able to get away with any such government murder anymore. Okay, it's bad publicity. <laughs> they didn't want any more bad. So then what did they do? They started uh, ho- uh, hiring Manchurian candidates, drugged out Manchurian candidates to start killing people in broad daylight like just happened in Buffalo, uh, another Manchurian candidate who uh, you know, probably totally brainwashed, and they put a gun in his hand, and he st- he shot up some shopping mall, killing ten people. Okay, I mean, it's tragic that he killed ten people, but again, they're trying to blame who? They're trying to blame us. Yes. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is yeah. This is not going to stop until Yashua returns and, and wipes these creatures out. Because they are pure evil, and they, but they intend to kill us. They intend, just as they murdered Randy, Vicky Weaver and his son Samuel, they intend to do the same to us, and that's what they're doing with their global lockdown, the uh, you know the collapse of the economy, the great starvation, shortages, food shortage. It's all coming, folks. It's getting worse and worse and worse. So uh, be ready. Uh, yeah, please continue. Um. An anonymous source at the U.S. Department of Justice told the Washington Post that he believed the family could have received the 200 million they ordinarily demanded if the case had gone to trial instead. Uh huh. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. But uh, they just wanted to be left alone. They wanted to get it all over with, right? Well, okay. Yeah. So, folks, you got the lowdown. Uh, what really happened? Thank you for digging that uh, article up. You got the mainstream version from me, which is milk toast, right? Hardly a revealing event. All they did reveal that, uh, you know, the, the government acted wrongly, but not to the extent that the uh, article you found. But here, Carl Klang actually wrote a song about Randy Weaver. And let's play it. Here we go. Mountains up near Sandpoint, north of Naples, Idaho. Eagles gathered there together to guard the truth so you might know. Down the road that followed Deep Creek, at the turn that crossed the bridge, federal marshals had the roadblock to mark the siege of Ruby Ridge. There the armies of the enemy slayed your... Oh, what the hell? Scientist shocked. Tinnitus <laughs> comes from your tongue. Sorry. Let me back up. The uh, computer jumped up to the wrong page. There. 
sandpoint North of Naples, Idaho Eagles gathered there together To guard the truth So you might know Down the road that followed Deep Creek At the turn that crossed the bridge Federal marshals had the roadblock To mark the siege of Ruby Ridge There the armies of the enemy Slayed your bride and only son Nearly killed your close companion When the shrapnel pierced his lung We stand with you, Randy Weaver Cause your Lord and Savior lives Wheresoever eagles gather That is where his body is On that evening, late one August You were forced to take your stand There two strangers as they trespassed Drew first blood on private land Governor Andrus back in Boise Let the enemy tell him lies And from his anti-Christ decision Sam and Vicky lost their lives Federal agents, U.S. Marshals And FBI men stormed the hill All on false, fictitious charges Given orders, shoot to kill We stand with you, Randy Weaver Cause your Lord and Savior lives Wheresoever eagles gather That is where his body is of the enemy may surround us in the night. There's a host of heavenly angels hovering near ready to fight. We stand with you, Randy Weaver. We are proud to call you friend as we gather here together to stand beside you till the end. We stand with you Randy Weaver, cause your Lord and Savior lives Wheresoever eagles gather, that is where his body is Wheresoever eagles gather, that is where his body is uh, Well done, Carl Clay. Sorry? The uh, screen on this computer is so sensitive <laughs> that I, I can hardly move my cursor without something popping up. All right. Uh, thanks for gi- uh, giving us that, uh, or finding that video, Michael. The really excellent song by Carl Klang. All right. Uh, all I have to say, folks, is they're coming after us, too. They're having to do it in a different manner. Instead of coming on our property to shoot us with guns, they're shooting us with needles, and they're going to try to starve us out and bankrupt us. They're doing everything possible to destroy Yahweh's people, true Israel, the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people. We are their target, 
Yahweh declared it in Genesis 3.15 that there would be enmity between the seed of the woman Eve and the seed of Cain and it will obtain until the very judgment day and folks, you better get ready to fight back because they are coming after you. Your comment, Michael. Yes, and... um... What I thought about, yeah, they are they are coming after us, but um, they won't they they won't uh, succeed. It might look grim, but it it won't. Uh, I mean, yeah, it looks grim, but uh, Yahweh has to fall, and this is meant to happen to get our shapes in order because we have we are disobedient children, haven't followed His law. So this is judgment yeah. upon us. Amen. Uh, and I want also to read some something from. And from Psalms, uh, Psalms 2, from 1 until 4. Okay. Um, um, why do the nations rage and the people meditate emptiness? The sovereigns of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his Messiah and say, let us tear apart their bonds and throw away their ropes from us. He was seated in the heavens Laugh, Yahweh mocks at them. Then he speaks to them in his wrath and troubles them in his rage, saying, But I, I have set my sovereign on uh, Tison, my set-apart mountain. I inscribed for a law. Yahweh has said to me, You are my son. Today I brought you forth. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. And the ends of the earth your possession. Break them with a rod of iron. Dash them to to pieces like a potter's vessel. And now be wise, O sovereigns. Be instructed, you rulers of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the chosen, lest he be enraged. And you perish in the way. For soon his wrath is to be kindled. Blessed are all those taking refuge in him. Amen. Very good. And that's echoed by Revelation twelve eighteen, where it says, Those of us who keep his commandments and have the faith of Jesus Christ will be saved. It's not likely that anybody else will be saved. Okay? So, at least not, not getting into the kingdom. All right? So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, it uh, brings back the memories of what the government is trying to do to us, and we better be prepared to fight back. Okay? The day is coming, too, because George Washington's prophecy, the threefold prophecy he made, where the first part saw America winning the Revolutionary War and expanding coast to coast, the second part being uh, a black cloud from Africa causing the Civil War, and then the third one being a red cloud from Europe causing another Civil War conflict in America where we will be fighting in the streets against the invading enemy till the bitter end. But then that's when the angels of Yahweh come and save us, all right? So, folks, I mean, all these prophecies have been coming true before our very eyes, and there's no reason to doubt it at this point in time. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Michael. Our people, as long as they're playing ball with the international Jew, the Mystery Babylon banking system, then uh, they are with the enemy. 
Okay, and even to the extent, you know, they might be, many of them may be good, honest people, but they've bought into the system so thoroughly, they have abandoned Yahweh's law. So what do you think he's going to do? Are they going to be saved? Are they going to get into the kingdom or into heaven? No, they're not. Jesus will slam the door in their faces and they'll get burned along with the terrors. All right. Yeah, your comment. Yes, this is, this is this because the, um, I don't know, the modern Christians and the secular ones, they believe life is just a um, game, it's just fun. You can have fun, all the fun you want. You, you don't have to take any accountability. You have no laws to follow, really. You can do whatever you want. But the Christian walk, according to the true faith, I believe, is uh, that is not so easy. That is yeah. pretty, it is trying. And it really is, uh, it is, could be hard. Yeah, you can do whatever the government lets you do. <laughs> That's where it's at, and, and most people don't realize that. You know, we we live in an economic dictatorship controlled by the international banksters, and the average person simply has no comprehension of that fact. All right, okay. One more thing here, folks. Uh, before we get into Abraham and Keturah, uh, I just put this article up in the chat room on the Buffalo shooting, ten dead. This is from BBC News. 10 dead in racially motivated attack at New York State store. And in my opinion, this is just another setup. 18-year-old white man has shot dead 10 people in a black neighborhood of New York State in what authorities are calling a racially motivated attack. The man, named as Peyton Gendron in court papers, was arrested after a standoff at the scene, a supermarket in the city of Buffalo. He began firing in the store's car park before entering and continuing his rampage, streaming the attack online. Okay, oh, President Biden. U.S. President Joe Biden condemned what he described as an abhorrent act. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, when the government commits terrorists, uh, uh, where was the president when they murdered Vicki Weaver? Quote, we are investigating this incident as both a hate crime and a case of racially motivated violent extremism, said Stephen Belongia from the FBI's Buffalo office, adding there was evidence of racial animosity. Yeah, well, there's racial animosity when uh, blacks rape white women continuously from the day that the uh, civil rights legislation was passed in the 1960s, and uh, the kosher press doesn't report it. Folks, uh, I read another article here that uh, this guy, Peyton Gendron, had written a, a manifesto. <laughs> okay, not another manifesto. You know, the, the only manifesto that uh, is worth reading was uh, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto when he went on uh, a shooting spree. Oh, actually, I think he's was sending bombs, mailing bombs to FBI agents and stuff like that. But uh, he was trying to get the word out that uh, technology is going to create a slave state. That was his manifesto, and it turned out to be absolutely correct, right? But these other clowns that have been going on shooting sprees, like in New Zealand, Australia, uh, who was the guy in uh, Norway? Was it Norway or Sweden? Uh, who uh, shot up... Uh, Norway. Norway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they characterized him as a white supremacist. No, he was a Zionist. If you actually read the manifestos these guys put out, it's obvious they're not white separatists, okay? So this has got to be another case of a, a designed killing 
to be blamed on white separatists to make us look bad. That's all this is, folks. Uh, I guarantee you, as we delve into the story more, this is what we're going to find out. Over to you, Michael. Yeah, I I looked at the same homepage again, and I found an article from uh, the Swedish um, Nord Front also, where they say that the manifesto is 180 pages long. <laughs> okay, right. Why? Could yeah. you have written that? That sounds like something else. Yeah, no, he, he was so angry, he wrote a 180-page manifesto. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if it's in the same script as Anne, Anne Frank's bio- biography. Okay. Folks, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Everything is so fake, you just have to laugh. Right? And there's fakitude everywhere, yet the world, as it said in the, uh, uh, in the prophecies, uh, second, uh, Thessalonians chapter two, the world would be captivated by a delusion, a great delusion. And here we are. Number one, part one of the delusion is everybody believes that the Jews are in Israel, right? Number two, they believe everything mass media tells them. Alright? You can't be more deluded than that. Totally, utterly deluded. All right. So this is why we have to come out of Babylon. For first of all, you have to come out of Babylon mentally, and stop believing their lies. Then you have to come out of Babylon economically because they are going to take your money away from you with their uh, central bank digital currency that's coming, right? And then they can track your every move once they do that. So the the crackdown, the international crackdown by the Rothschilds, again, and this is primarily going to affect only white European people, okay? Because we're the only people that stand in their way of total dictatorship. They don't care about the third world or even the second world. They want to crush the white nations of the world. That's their intention, and white people better wake up to that fact, okay? All right, so... Uh, 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 any more uh, uh, on that? Uh, Do you have anything more for us today, Michael, before we get into Abraham and Keturah? No, I'm pretty, I think we have done a good, a good favor with Randy Weavers and his, his, uh, his authors and they are lived here and giving a, yeah, um, yeah, to remember him. Yeah, and so we'll keep our eye on that story in Buffalo to see what comes of it, but this is just another staged event created by the international vipers, the uh, synagogue of Satan, uh, to try to keep uh, mental control, and uh, actually create racial animosity. All right, a deliberately staged event to create racial animosity because, you know, the blacks are going to be in an uproar. You know, another white supremacist kills a bunch of black people, blah, blah, blah. It's a lie. It's an absolute 100% lie, folks. Okay, let's get into uh, Abraham and Keturah. Sounds yeah, was very, very interesting. This seems okay. to be a very interesting article. Yeah, and uh, uh, again, because uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, biblical history in uh, for the past couple of years, actually, uh, primarily biblical history, and showing that the Bible and uh, true history are always in agreement. Okay, and so uh, the idea that uh, this is a secular linguists and Jewish linguists as well, have always been claiming that the, there's two branches of language, the Semitic branch and the Indo-Aryan branch. And that's garbage. It has never been true. Because the reality is that Hebrew is the original language, or Proto-Hebrew anyway, and Greek 
devolved from Proto-Hebrew. The Canaanite languages devolved from Proto-Hebrew, etc. There is no differentiation between Indo-Aryan languages and Hebrew. The only reason why the secular world teaches that and why the Jews teach that is because the Jews claim to be the, the Semites of the Bible, or Shemites, and then everybody else is Indo-Aryans, at least in that area of the world. Okay, That's because it is Jewish lie that they're, that they're the Shemites and the rest of us are non-Shemites. Okay, That's where that lie originates from, and we're going to delve into that and expose this lie even more today. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, I think that's um, good, um, uh, a good uh, introduction into this article. Yes. Oh, no, we put this uh, link in the chat room, and you, it actually has a recording. Uh, there's a reading of it uh, at the top. You know, if you want to listen to this article again without comment, uh, you can uh, go to this. It's www.ccg.org, okay? And world, uh, world uh, let me scroll back up here. Christian Churches of God. I believe they're located in Australia. Okay, over to you. Yeah, thank you. you yeah, so ex- ex- exactly. Yeah. Listen to the recording and listen to someone that's probably have the English language as their main language. Not listen to a um, half uh, okay Swedish guy <laughs> trying to do it. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, I think our commentary is going to add a lot because uh, this Australian group, I don't think they're two seed line. Okay, and uh, but nevertheless, they understand that uh, Keturah was the mother of the Indo-Aryans. Okay, what what language did they speak? They had to speak the same language that Abraham spoke. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to you. I mean, just uh, just common sense, folks. All right, let's go. Yeah, you don't change language just by your, when you go away with your family. Of course, you keep your language. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, when I came to America from Germany, I began to speak English. <laughs> But it took me a while. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's start. So this is Descendants of Abraham, Part 4, Sons of Keturah. The identity of the sons of Keturah is not well known and is often confused with the sons of Ishmael. The truth is important to understanding the destiny of the sons of Abraham in prophecy. And a little singer of uh, Keturah. He was uh, the son of Abraham and was the wife. It wasn't then Hagar. It was the other one that he had because Abraham had more children than just uh, than just um, uh, yeah. Isaac. Yes. Well, uh, Ishmael was the son of Hagar, uh, who uh, may or may not have been an Egyptian or Hamite, but she was definitely an Adamite, no doubt about that. And uh, there's, I think, in the body of this article, uh, Keturah maybe may have been uh, identified as a Japhethite. So Abraham would have had wives of all three, uh, you know, sons of Noah, which is perfectly legal in the, in the marriage laws. Okay, so as long as they're white, <laughs> okay, and all three of them were absolutely 100% white. Okay, Adamite, and so. Uh, the sons of Keturah, it says here in the inset uh, that, uh, uh, okay, that she's falsely regarded as an Ishmaelite. Okay, the Hagar had Ishmael. Okay, Keturah had the Indo-Aryans as her offspring. And, of course, Isaac was the sole son of Sarah. Okay, but the other two, the Indo-Aryans and the Ishmaelites, were not part of the covenant. Only 
Isaac was covenanted, and we are the descendants of Isaac. Back to you. Yeah, and that was also why those other other sons to Abraham leave Abraham because they would interfere with the, with Isaac's um, his promises. Uh, amen. All right. Okay. So, uh, unless you know your biblical history, you know, why is this important? Well, it's important to understand that the covenant message uh, given to us in the Bible is the one and only truth of the Bible. Over to you. Yes. Okay, let's continue. So, descendants of Abraham, part um, five, sons of Keturah. Perhaps the most um, enigmatic uh, enigmatic enigmatic, uh, mysterious (laughs) yeah go ahead sorry (laughs) thank you for the help of all the descendants of Abraham are the sons of Keturah their names are recorded in Genesis 25 2-4 and in 1 Chronicles 1 32-33 Genesis 25-4 Abraham took another wife, wife whose name was um, Keturah. Uh, she bore him um, Simran, uh, Yokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and uh, um, Shuash. Um, Yakshan was the father of uh, Sheba and uh, Dedan. The sons of Dedan were um, Ashurim, uh, Letushim, and Leumim. The sons of Midian were um, Epha, uh, Epha, uh, Efer, uh, Hanoch, Abidi, and uh, El Eldar. All those were the children of Keturah. Yeah, no, to note one in particular, Sheba, the queen of Sheba, uh, again, she was white, and she paid a visit to Solomon, and there are rumors that Solomon had a child by her, so that child would have had to be white as well, okay? So she was not black, as uh, you know, some of these theologians teach. Back to you. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see the name Iabed. Um, is very close to Iabed. Okay. So it's, yeah. Um, we bear the same, we see then, and I guess Iabed was the one that, found, uh, that was the basis for our, we call ourselves Hebrews. Yes. Okay. And then we have this Midian, Midian and Midian. Could those uh-huh. have been the one that formed then the Medo Persians? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Um, it's possible, but I think they they're actually Shemites. The, the, certainly the Persians were. Okay. So, but it's possible it was a combination of uh, you know the, uh, s- uh, the sons of Keturah and sons of Shem. That's possible. We'll see what this article has to say about that. Okay. Okay. Um, the six sons were probably born in the first half of the uh, 1800 BC. The identities of their descendants down to the present day have largely remained a mystery. However, there are some clues in historical records. Um, uh, Surah 1195 in the Quran says that one of the sons, Midian, was uh, quote, removed from sight, end quote. Perhaps until these last days, Midian was the most uh, uh, notable son in that his descendants are mentioned more often in the Bible, uh, the Quran, and in secular records that any of his brother's descendants, uh, hence 
more will be written about Midian and the tribes descended from him. The basis is that Midian was the tribe of the, uh, of the father-in-law of Moses, and thus closer to the Israel in, in importance and location. Yes. Yeah, the Midianites uh, were a tribe, uh, uh, but they were also Shemitic. That, uh, uh, what's his name? Moses married one of the daughters of Midian. Okay, so keep it in the family. <laughs> keep it in the race. Back to you. Yes. Oh, if only can know that today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, forgotten that for a long time ago. Um, uh, the Surah on, uh, of the um, Quran written about four years before the um, Hijra, uh, deal with the concept of revelations of God through the prophets. Um, Surah 10, uh, title, uh, quote, Jonah, end quote, draws its name from the references to the people that Jonah witnessed uh, to and who believed, uh, and that's a bracket for S1099, end bracket, the next, there's a reference in this text, this uh, Surah 10, and, and this Surah 10, what book is this? Is this in those... Uh, um, oh, it's a, it's a Cor- Koran. It's, it's ah, the it's Muslim Koran, Koran. Oh. yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> the next Surah deals with the transmission of prophecy through the Arabs' prof- prophets and also through the sons of uh, Keturah in Midian. The Surah 11, um, Had, refers to the Arabian prophet Had, not mentioned in the Bible, who was of the tribe of uh, Ad. Uh, the, the surah also mentioned two other prophets, um, Sali and the tribe of uh, Thamud, and uh, Shueb of Midian, who Pickhol says is identified with Jethro. Okay. Both surahs have devolved authority on Moses and Aaron. All right, yeah, so the... Uh... Quran claims the authority of Moses and Aaron, <laughs> right? But uh, through Muhammad, or, or ultimately devolving to Muhammad, which we know is false. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, if um, uh, Shueb is uh, indeed Yathro, the Quran is um, explaining further uh, the transfer authority of the scriptures to Israel through Moses and Aaron. The tribe of Midian was used to effect the process through Moses, uh, sojourn in Midian, and the preparations of the Exodus. Midian is then shown as being removed after a catastrophe that befell the Anyast, saving only um, Shueb and those who followed him. In other words, only the faithful were saved at that time. The Arabs, however, were uh, continually uh, paganized for millennia. And they still are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and going around that black uh, black uh, cube. Yeah, right, right that black cube. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. And they go, don't tell to go in some, is it that all? Yeah, they go in a uh, amount of the, yeah, uh, certain uh, direction also around it. Right, yeah. There's a, a, a meteorite inside that black cube. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it fell next to Muhammad when, when he started the hijab, right, or hijra, whatever they call it, the uh, the great revolution, military conquest of the area by Muslims. Uh, it, what is it besides paganism? You know, they they worship this meteorite inside a black cube. Yeah, and they have, and they are moon worshiper. Right, right. 
and they're going around in circular around the object. Is that also a pagan that came from? Was it from Babylon that also came? I thought I didn't read that from Sargon also. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Cain started a lot of these rituals. All right, okay, back to you. Yes, we will deal more with Jethro below. So, uh, Keturah. Keturah is one of the most um, um, evocative names in the Bible. It's mean, uh, perfumed, or incense. Uh, I may, I don't read those uh, Quran references here. I, I don't think, or do uh, you yeah. think I need yeah. to do that? No, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> and brings to mind the burning aroma of the sacrifices and the and in increased smoke that ascended as a sweet offerings to the Lord. The word kethor uh, uh, um, found only in Deuteronomy 33.10 also means smoke uh, of sacrifice or, or incense. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Arabic name for Ketura is Safira, uh, um, who was derived as uh, uh, Kush, uh, Kushite. I.e. Uh, Cushite, as, as with Moses' wife in Numbers 12.1, and bracket. Okay, some commentators include ra- rabbinical literature claim that Keturah is simply another name for Hagar, the concubine wife of Abraham and mother of Ishmael. Yeah, the Jews just want to... Right, one. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, they, they always make everything confusing, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can guess that came from there, from the, from the rabbis. That's right. However, the two women uh, and their various offsprings are mentioned quite separately on se- several occasions. In Genesis 25.6, for example, here Hagar and Keturah are each referred to as concubine, namely uh, Pielegish, um, Meseria Hirsch, and M. Selingson uh, in their article on Keturah in the Jewish Encyclopedia dismissed the idea of her being synonymous with Hagar. Very good. I, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and they argue with each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, so do we. <laughs> All, All right. right. Yeah. Um, still, it seems that such was not the opinion of the Talmudic doctors. For the children of Ishmael and the children of Keturah are kept this. Um, distinct in the story of their um, complaints against the Jews before, like Alexander the Macedonian. Yeah, the Israelites or the Judahites, not Jews. Okay, that's yeah. the Jewish version of the events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and just see that Jews were able to fight like like the Macedonians did. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know how you can imagine that even. Yeah. Yeah, the IDR, our IDF, the Israeli Defense, they fight very well against unarmed women and children. Yeah, but they're That's cowards. What, yeah. Then you can be brave, which have guns and nobody else has guns. Yeah, right? of course they are brave. Exactly. Um, it appears also that Abraham married um, Keturah about 65 years after taking Hagar as concubine. Traditionally, the temple records also claim that Keturah was descend- descended from Japheth. Thus, the reference to um, Cushite must refer to the uh, robber tribes that inhabited the area of Babylonia, some of whom were Medes and sons of Japheth, rather than the sons of Cush. Okay. And, mm, yeah, and, and they make the, the, um, the point that uh, Keturah was from Japheth. Right. And it's plausible, and uh, there's no problem in terms of race. Now, maybe that's why, however, 
uh, only Isaac was chosen because uh, he's a Shemite. Right? Sarah was uh, the Sh- only Shemitic wife. The other two, uh, Hagar was Hamitic and Keturah Japhetic. All right, please, please continue. Yeah, that could be the, um, I don't know, the lessons from, from, from that. Why, of course, there had to be Shemitic on both sides. Yeah, that's right. To, to continue the strain through Shem. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Yakult Midrash makes a not unresemble assertion concerning all three wives of Abraham. And Abraham married three wives, Sarah, a daughter of Shem, Keturah, a daughter of Japheth, and Hagar, a daughter of Ham. Ah, here you see, there was uh, what we discussed recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I can't believe a rabbi would agree with, a, with what I just said. <laughs> All right. Yeah, apparently it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have all kinds of opinions, right? Sometimes they're correct. Yeah. Um, okay. J.I. Uh, Selby, in a dictionary of the Bible, um, James Hastings uh, publishing by T&G Clark Edition, like in 1899, adds these comments on the sons of Keturah. From the meaning of the name Keturah, uh, frankincense, um, uh, Sprenger, suggests that the sons of Keturah were so named because the author of Genesis 25, um, if knew them as um, traders in the community, commodity. uh, commodity. So they were traders in uh, frankincense. Okay, and of course that area, uh, that area of Arabia is where the frankincense exists in greatest abundance. Yeah. Okay. According to um, Selby, Arab genealogists maintain there was a tribe called um, Katura living in the neighborhood of Mecca. Um, Herodotus uh, stated that, quote, Arabia is the last inhabited lands toward the south, and it is the only country which um, um, produces um, uh, frankincense, myrrh, um, cassia, and cinnamon and uh, Lebanon, and quote, and this is uh, an ads concerning the uh, uh, spice of Arab- Arabia. Let no more be said. The whole country is um, scented um, with them and it exhales an odor marvelously sweet. And okay. quote, uh, and this fra- frankincense uh, was found almost exclusively in Arabia. The prophet Jeremiah mentioned um, incense coming from um, Sheba, and that's from Jeremiah 6.20. Okay. Um, it was one of the four I- in- ingredients of the special uh, prepared hol- uh, holy in- um, incense, from Exodus 30.34, used in both the uh, tabernacle and the temple. Yeah, and Judahites, was, Judahites, <laughs> not Jews. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this is from that was from Luke one nine until ten. Um, frankincense was also unquestionably um, uh, used with the sacrifice offerings, along with fine flour and oil. Uh, that's from Leviticus two one to two. But its use was forbidden with the sin sin offerings. And that's from Leviticus five eleven. Uh, or jealousy uh, off- offerings, 
bracket, uh, Numbers 5.15, it was to be burned for the memorial, an offering made by fire uh, on the two uh, pillars of six loaves, each of unleavened bread upon the pure table uh, within the tabernacles and the temple. Uh, and that's from Leviticus 24, 5 until 7. And this frankincense, I'm a bit, how, I have no reference what that, what that is. It's, a, it's an herb, it's an herb. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I forget if, if it, I think it comes from a tree. Okay, and, uh, you remember, uh, the wise men gave, uh, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, so it's obviously, uh, you know, a, a suitable offering, right, for, uh, for us to give to one another. Yeah, it was very common in that neck of the woods, in that area of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure problem. what its source is, but I'm pretty sure it's a tree. Okay, all right, back to you. Okay. Myrrh is often referred to in conjunction with frankincense, and it's associated with both the birth, the birth and death of Messiah. And see Matthew two eleven, um, Mark fifteen twenty three, and uh, and that is then um, John. Um, John, John, yeah, John, yeah. of course, nineteen um, thirty nine to forty. Uh, Song of Solomon 3.6 What is the coming up from the wilderness? Like a column of smoke perfumed with the myrrh and uh, frankincense will all the fragrant powder of the merchants. And yeah, it's, it's, a car, it's a caravan. <laughs> all right. Back to you. Yeah. Psalms 45, 7 until 8. Therefore God, uh, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Your ro- uh, robes are all fragrant with mirrors and uh, aloes and acacia. This refers to a normal custom in the East of perfuming uh, a bridge room in the, this Bri- particular bridegroom. case. Bridegroom. Bridegroom. Yeah. yeah. In this particular case. Yeah. The Messiah has been anointed with uh, his fellow Elohim. We also um, we see also in Nehemiah thirteen five that frankincense was considered one of the temple's treasures. Okay. Expensive mm. stuff. Okay. Yeah. See if you can, can find it for somewhere. It looks interesting <laughs> to know what it is because it must yeah. be smelling good. This mirror and uh, and frankincense must be smelling pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, takes o- takes some- over the odors of the of the house. <laughs> <laughs> the onions cooking in the kitchen. All right, back to you. Mm, yeah. Um, Sons of Abraham by Keturah. In Chronicles 1, Keturah is referred to as Abraham's concubine, meaning a woman taken for the purpose of bearing sons. She is later referred to as wife, showing um, change in status. Um, Genesis 25.1. She obviously be- uh, become Abraham's second wife, perhaps on the death of Sarah. But it may have been uh, beforehand. Uh, Chronicles 1, 32-33. The sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, Jibor, uh, Simran, Jokshan, um, uh, Midian, Ishbak, and uh, Shua. The sons of uh, Jokshan, uh, Sheba, and uh, Didan. The sons of uh, Midian, Epha, um, Epher, 
uh, Hanon, uh, Abida, and Elda. All these were the descendants of Keturah. Okay, so yeah, and, and, and so was Jethro, uh, whose daughter uh, Moses married. Okay, so Moses married within the tribe. He, he married a, a granddaughter of Abraham. Right? Not a black woman. <laughs> All right, back to you. Yeah, otherwise I guess just this is something that that is sometimes the mainstream church to try to point out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Judeos. Yeah, they always try to deny the racial heritage of Adam. Yeah. Yeah, but there's their their I don't know fables. They think yeah, that so, you can have a, have one if you are mixing. You can't be white again. You will yeah, be right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Judeo Christianity is nothing but fables. It's hardly a word of truth in any Judeo Christian doctrine. No. Or, yeah. or sometimes half truth. Yeah, half truth. Yeah, it's as bad as Judaism, actually. Yeah, yeah. has turned to that. Yeah. Uh, the sons of Keturah uh, came to be organized into a subgroup of six tribes, a major element of which was Midian, that occupied the east and south of the area of Palestine. This view was adopted by uh, as fact by the Hebrews, and we may thus take it as reasonably certain. And there's um, uh, bracket C, uh, Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible uh, at the Article Keturah, Volume 3, page 8, and bracket. Okay, all right. Um, Simran. Simran was uh, the first son of Abraham by Keturah. His name means uh, musician or musician. Uh, the main city occupied by Simran and his descendants was called uh, Sabram, supposedly located west of Mecca. It is true. Uh, it is through to be the same as the Simri of Jeremiah 25, 20, 25. It is mentioned by Jeremiah for destruction along with Elam and the kings of the Medes. Thus, we are dealing with the destructions of the Saudi Arabian coastlands. Jeremiah 25 deals with the entire destructions of, of the Middle East, um, commencing with Jerusalem and the uh, princes of Judah to make them uh, a hissing and a curse uh, and from there on to Egypt and uh, all the Middle East, nation by nation, we will examine this aspect separately. Okay, so so it's pretty evident that the uh, the daughters or sons and daughters of Keturah are Shemitic through the father Abraham and Japhetic through her. But uh, since the genealogy goes through the father, if they had continued, let's say the genealogy of Messiah was through Keturah, uh, he'd still be considered a Shemite. Okay? But uh, there's no problem of the, these intermarriages because they're of the same race. Back to you. Yeah, they are, they are white. So yes. Uh, that, is, um, that is Yahweh's um, intention with the law. Um. Hastings Dictionary says of the place named Simran. Possibly uh, Knubel is right in uh, connecting it with Sabram of uh, oh, this uh, Ptolemy, uh, V of Mecca on the Red Sea. We may perhaps uh, compare also Simri of Jeremiah 25.25. The name is derived from Semmer, a mountain sheep or goat. This animal having doubtless been uh, the totem of the clan. We can see that the sons of Keturah moved into the Arabian Peninsula before Israel um, even went into Egypt, and some re- remained there 
at least until Jeremiah. Uh, Yokshan, he was the second born son whose name can mean um, snarer, hence by implications a bird catcher, alternatively um, insidious. Hastings Dictionary thinks it is quite plausible that Yokshan is identical with um, Yoktan. Um, see uh, Tush, um, quote, the two forms might represent respectively the Hebrew and the Aramaic um, pronunciation of the same name, pronunciations, end quote. However, this is biblical impossible, and Co um, Cohen finds the equation uh, financially difficult. He does, however, identify him as the father of um, Shiaba and Didan, and that is also from the Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible. Yoktan um, was uh, the brother of uh, Peleg, and the Hebrews descended from his um, from him, moved much further abroad. The error, however, may explain another link made between two areas, one in Arabia and the other in the Hindu Kush. And see the paper Sons of Shem, part one. That's maybe an article here, this on this page, I guess. Um, on Cohen's analyst, uh, Yokshan may also be the person called uh, Kathan or Kathan by the Arabs. Yokshan uh, produces two sons, Shiaba and uh, Didan, uh, that is from Genesis 25, 2, 1 through 3, and 1 Chronicles 1, 1, 32. Uh, and the tribes from these brothers settled in North Arabia. Another Sheba and Didian are mentioned together in Ezekiel 27. However, they are of a different lineage, being the sons of uh, Rama, uh, who was the son of Cush. The major Arab uh, tribes are the uh, Kuthan Arabs, who come from the Yemen. They are not Ishmaelites. They are the sons of uh, Yarub bin uh, Yashub bin Kathan. They regard themselves as pure Arabs, while the sons of Ishmael are called um, Arabist Arabs. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, these Arabist Arabs are the progeny of Ishmael and are regarded as being adopted into the uh, progeny of the pure Arabs. And these Ishmaelites from Northwest Arabia are called uh, uh, Adanian Arabs. But manufacturing them the Ishmaelites if they would be pure they would be white yes absolutely and they were the fact is that the Arabs until around 600 AD were white people okay it was only until Muhammad uh, imported slaves and then it started enslaving everybody uh, that uh, the race became mixed back to you yeah and um, so that they say here that it could be something as pure Arab, that can't really be the case no, either. No, no such thing as pure Arab. <laughs> okay. The word in itself means mixed. Yes, right. Um, Sheba and Didan and Sheba, that's the, that's the one we have some, some knowledge about. Right. Uh, so, the second son of Keturah by Abraham, Yokshan, had two sons. Sheba and Didan, as mentioned previously. Didan is recorded as being the progenitor of um, Ashurim, the Letusim, and Leanumim, and that is from Genesis 25.3. Confusion can arise with several of these names. Oh, yeah, 
I, when, when I try to pronounce them, that increases them. Yeah, right. Uh, actually, I think the Ludum uh, actually are, uh, are predecessors of the Greeks, okay, because uh, the Greeks are Japhetic in origin. They're related to us. They're, des- they're descendants of Adam, for sure. And they're partially Shemitic because uh, they probably have, can also claim Abraham as their father. But a lot of these Japhethites had moved north away from Mesopotamia before Abraham. So many of them are pure Japhethite, and uh, also the Greeks would be pure Japhethite. But then later on, of course, our people moved up into Greek territory, intermarried with the Greeks, the Japhethites. And uh, you know, so we have a combination of Japheth and Shem among the Greeks. Of course, we still distinguish ourselves, the Israelites, from the uh, Japhethite Greeks, although there was a lot of intermarriage among them as well. Back to you. Yeah, because if you also look in modern some Greeks, they are still, they are, like, they are brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was a lot of, what do you call it, uh, you know, waves, because you know, the, what do you call it, the uh, uh, Mongols, and the Ashkenazim, they, they also moved west and invaded Europe and intermarried w- with the Europeans, especially down there uh, in the Adriatic Sea. Okay, there was, and of course, uh, the Arabians, the, the Mohammedans invaded that area and mixed with the people as well. So that's probably where the brown comes from. Yeah. Um, confusion can arise with several of these names. For instance, although the term um, Ashurim here is related to Ashur, um, is ref- refers to the different people from Assyrian, uh, Assyrians mm-hmm. who were descendants of Ashur, son of Shem. Um, similarity, Sheba was the name given generations earlier to one uh, of 13 sons of uh, Yoktan, son of Eber. Uh, from whom the Hebrews are named. Um, let's see. And this is um, Asu, Asurim, means steps in the sense of taking steps to go somewhere. In later Jewish literature, the Asurim are described as traveling merchants. Um, letu, letushim means hammered or oppressed, uh, directly related to a word uh, meaning to a sharpened hammer, uh, wheat, uh, that is, the Leotzim were occupied in the sharpening of the cutlery uh, and weaponry. Yeah, I see it should be some Greek influence in those names because they are hardest Greek name for me to pronounce. So. <laughs> yeah, cutlery. <laughs> yeah. Cutlery and weaponry, yeah. Okay, uh, please continue. Um, Leomimin means people's um, or communities, from a root word meaning to gather. In later Jewish writings, the Leumin are described as the chief of those who inhabited the isles, perhaps alluding to the Greek islands. This would also help to further explain the two major Semitic um, haplogroups of the Greeks being J and I, with the later major uh, haplogroup uh, being the Hamitic E3b, from North African occupation there. Uh, three sons of Keturah may uh, be the Laconian um, Greeks or Spartans, although they did not inhabit the island, Iceland's rather uh, the mainland. Thus, okay. two branches of the sons of Keturah may be involved in Greece. Very good. Yeah. And especially if they, since Keturah apparently is a Japhethite 
and the Greeks were originally Japhethites, they would have gotten along pretty well. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we see with the uh, Ashurim and Netushin that they are travelers, merchants, and thinkers, all terms which could, could be applied to the modern-day um, Roma, Romani people or, or gypsies. But aren't gypsies Jewish? Uh, well, the, the uh, origin of the word gypsy is, is uh, from Egypt. You just dropped the E. So they were probably... Uh, you know, mixed race people you know, that emanated from Egypt at, at some point in history. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the gypsies, however, cannot be tr- uh, tried to the sons of Keturah, although we can demonstrate their Semitic origin. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, origin of the name Arab. Uh, these sons of um, Keturah, who were to become the pure Arabs, uh, were divided into many tribes. But the ones we know as the main two lineage of the sons of uh, Yarub and the Arab son of Yokshan were uh, Himyar, of whom the most famous sets were Said al Yamur, Quadas, and um, Sakasik. Sakasik, huh? Maybe there was some uh, Saxon blood <laughs> in there, right? But none of them refer to themselves as Saxons, right? Okay. No. Only, the, only the sons of Isaac can claim that. Yes. Um, and Ka- um, Kalan, whose most famous sets were um, Hamdan, Anmar, uh, uh, Tai, uh, Munji, uh, Kinda, Lakem, Yudham, Azd, Aus. Kazrai, and those who become the kings of the old Syria, namely the descendants of uh, Yafna. A tribe of the uh, Himyar called the uh, Kurdas moved from the Yemen and on to the um, Samwa Semai Desert uh, on the border of Iraq. Yeah. Okay, the document uses the term Sept, S E P T, which means a branch of a family, a clan. Okay, I haven't seen it used in that sense before, but that's what it means. Okay, back to you. SCPT, SEPT, okay. Uh-huh, okay, that's how it's used. Thank yeah. Carlan um, SEPTs um, emigrated from, uh, yeah, Carlan SEPTs, okay, that's the family of Carlan then. Right. Uh, emigrated um, from the Yemen into a different part of the Arabian Peninsula prior to the uh, breach of the Marib Dam, which is referred to as the Great Flood, um, and that is Sail Al Arim. That must be from the Quran too. Yep. The area of the Queen uh, of Sheba in Southwest Arabia, in the part of the Yemen, was very rich. While the dam there was operational, its gates are still there today, with nearby town buildings in various states of decomposition. De- de- the last repairs to the dam wall were built from a part of the of the town buildings. This shows that the city and area was in decline even then. The dam was built circa 600 BC and collapsed circa 600 CE, uh, with which time it uh, uh, and the culture there were no longer of importance during its rule from before the Kingdom of Israel until the Romans suppressed its influence. It also controlled the land across the Red Sea. 
uh, in the Horn of Africa and the accounts um, for the extension of the legends of Sheba into Africa. Okay, very good. Okay, so but also during this time period, the Arabian Desert was getting drier and drier. Okay, so much less habitable as time went on. Back to you. Um, could that also mean because we have migrated away? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we went to California. <laughs> but we irrigated it, right? California, uh, before the white man arrived, was nothing but a stinking desert. And it's still true in Arizona, New Mexico, and West Texas. But we make yeah. the deserts bloom, not the Jews. Yeah. And now California is one of the most... Uh, oh, Wow. It's just abundant in agriculture they can find on earth. Yeah, amen. Thanks so, to the white man. Yeah, thanks to the white man. Yeah, thanks to our ancestors. Yeah. Unfortunately, we destroy it, and now look at California become. Oh, yeah, it's all turning into San Francisco. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. A dump, <laughs> right? Turning into a big dump. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yokshan uh, was the father of Sheba, and his lands were uh, centered on the area, and his people moved that dam. Um, these uh, Kalan sept were forced to relocate because of Roman occupation of Egypt and Syria, and the disruption of the long-standing trade routes under Roman pressure. We will now divide the Kalan sept into four groups, uh, Azd, Lagn, and Yudham, Baunetai, Kimba. Uh, the Ast, under the leadership of Imran bin uh, Amr uh, Mosaikib, wandered into Yemen and, um, and after dispatching pioneer scouts, moved north. This immigration broke into four main sections. Uh, the first section, under uh, Tha Laba bin Amr, moved to um, Hishk and lived between Ta Labia and the Kar, the Kar. On gaining strength, he headed for uh, Ma- Madinia, uh, this uh, Me- Medina. Yeah, that's Medina. where uh, that's the origin of uh, Mohammedanism, Medina. Okay, Medina. Yeah, and that's why you have this very, for me, hard word to pronounce. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. I would have to read them slowly too, like uh, Harita bin Talaba. <laughs> right, that, that name is coming up. Back to you, yeah. tongue twisters. Yeah, where he remained and his descendants, uh, Harita bin Talaba. Very good, very good. You need a tongue lubricant <laughs> to pronounce these words. All right. Yeah. Okay. I have I have to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, the coffee is drying your tongue. <laughs> you oh, by to... the way, I stopped coffee. I don't drink oh, coffee anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's the, the lemon water I post I uh-huh. yeah, post this in the chat room. The lemon I... water works like like uh yeah, it yeah. took Go me ahead. 2 3 days then I'm off coffee. Okay, very good. I'll have to try that. Yeah, because, uh, but doesn't the lemon dry out your lips and your cheeks, <laughs> right? Uh, no. No? Okay. No, I haven't felt that. It's okay. very good. It's, very good. Um, okay. Yeah, lemon, I should be drinking more lemon water too. 
It's very it's very healthy for you. Okay, please continue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Avs and uh, um, Kazrai, who were, were famous at uh, Mad- Madnia. The, section, the second section or groups was headed by the son of um, Amr named Haliath bin Amr, but known as um, uh, Kusa. Ah. He wandered with his people in um, Hishk and settled in Mar as um, Saran, subsequently. And conquering the Haram, and uh, um, after driving the original occupants of uh, Maka and the, the tribe of Durham, them settled in Maka, Mecca. Me- Mecca, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, if they use the English, uh, well, I guess it's hard to use the English versions of these Arabic names, you know, but uh, Maka is Mecca. Thank you. Uh, of the other two groups, uh, the one under Yafna bin Am went to Syria, where he established a kingdom of um, uh, Gazan, which was named for a spring of water in um, where they had stopped for a time. The fourth group under Imran bin Amr went to Oman, when the tribe of the uh, Us um, became entrenched, and the descendants inhabited um, Tihama and become known as As of uh, Shanua. Thus, the major section of the inhabitants of Mecca and Medinine and uh, Oman and the rulers of Syria are all uh, of the uh, sect of the As, of the sons of uh, Yokshan, son of Abraham by Keturah. Okay, so these people are in fact our relatives through Abraham and Keturah, or at least were, up until they began mixing with the non-whites of the slave trade. All right, back to you. Yeah. Um, of the second major group, Lakam and Yudham, um, we see uh, the king of Hera, established by uh, Nazr bin Rab's father of uh, Mama Dira. And this name, Yudham, it will have resemblance with Judah. It's very, it's linguistic, it's kind of close. It could be, is that where they got, uh, I don't know, um, which, if Yudham is in the same uh, time span as Yudah, I don't know. Okay, which person now? Um, you... Yudham, that name is very close also uh, to Yudah. Okay, that's possible, yeah. Yeah, uh, yes, the, the M is not there, then you have Yudah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, and uh, there, there might be a relationship there. Well, uh, Yudah means to praise Yah. Okay. Yeah, and that's an interesting difference between the names of the Israelites versus these these names of these Japhethites here. Uh, typically, the names of the Israelites are related to Yahweh. Okay, uh, uh, Judah, you know, pr- Yahweh be praised, and Jeremiah. Okay, uh, a lot of the names of our prophets uh, ha- are surnamed with the name of Yahweh at the end of their name. But back to you. Yeah, and also in, in some of, like my name, I mean, Mikael, there I yeah. have the name El in the end of my name. Right, the title of Yahweh, yeah, Elohim, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and same with Daniel. Yes, same Daniel, with, yeah. right, Ezekiel. Uh, we This is not true of the descendants of uh, uh, Japheth or, or Ham. Okay, it's only no. true of our people. Back to you. Yeah, more of our marks. Exactly. And... Um, 
the Baunutay, also moving north to Aya and uh, Salma Mountains, which were subsequently renamed the Thai Mountains. The fourth group, the Kinda, dwelt in uh, Bahrain until they were expelled to um, Hadramov and uh, Naid, from where the tribe faded into oblivion. These are the sons of Yokshan, um, from whom the Arabs are named. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we have early Arabs. The earliest Arabs are called the, uh, Pers- uh, the Pershing Arabs, of whose history little is known. They were Ad, uh, uh, Tamasam, Yadis, Amlak, and others. The sons of Kichura fit into this uh, amalgam and are perhaps often uh, misclassed as sons of Ishmael or as sons of Yarub bin um, Yashub bin Kathan. Some are certainly from the other sons of uh, Kichura, but draw their names from this founder of the Arabs, who are named uh, for him. Okay. And the bracket. See also the table um, to the paper. Descendants of Abraham, part three, Ishmael, and bracket. Thus, the uh, Pershing Arabs are older and from less successful tribes, and even from the Canaanites that are also mislabeled uh, uh, Kushites. Uh, the Palestinians, for example, are not at all the same people and are comprised of a least three groups of genetic uh, diversity. The same holds true for the uh, Lebanese, who are also K2 descendants of Japheric Tarish Siemen. Yeah. Yeah, and the allies of the Phoenicians of Tyre and Sidon. Again, the Greeks pretty much took care of, uh, you know, took possession of uh, what, well, obviously the Greek coast, the Adriatic Sea, and points north, and they were Japhethites. Okay, clearly Japhethites, and they got around. They had ships. They had uh, uh, they had uh, you know, writing. You know, pretty much to say uh, Greek is derived from Hebrew. Uh, so th- they were able to communicate with each other pretty well in those days. All right, back to you. Yeah, um, the pure Arabs we now know as Kath. Uh, Cathanian Arabs. That's right. Cathanian, <laughs> yeah. Are from the grandson of uh, Yokshan, son of uh, Keturah, son of Abraham, the prophecy of Ishmael, breaking free um, of his brethren, uh, has a new meaning. Ishmael is subjected to the sons of Keturah, who uh, form the ruling class of the Arabs and will be liberated when um, Messiah comes. Well, this is very interesting because I've been reading a book... Uh, about the close association, uh, basically it's a language book, the close association of Greek and Hebrew, where the author claims that these cultures, the Adriatic culture and the culture of Lebanon and Israel, are so close as to be almost indistinguishable. All right? And so this document confirms what he's saying. All right? But he does not distinguish, as most linguists do not, the uh, difference between Hebrew and, uh, or the close association of Hebrew and the Indo-Aryan languages, right? But uh, we're seeing that uh, these cultures were primarily white, 
okay? And we're seeing a very close association between the descendants of Keturah and the Japhethites. Back to you. So, a close association with Abraham and uh, Japheth. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, famous Arab families of the uh, Kathanite groups can be re- recognized by the uh, sure names such as uh, Al, uh, Al-Kathani, Al-Harbi, Al-Sahamri, uh, Al-Ham-Edei, Avs, and um, Kazrai. Uh, bracket, Alan, Alan Sari or Ansar, and bracket, uh, Ald Sari, Al Hosas, Al Hosa, Mora, Al Yoman, and so on. Okay, sounds like Arabian dishes. <laughs> You're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, we only have a couple of minutes left. So, uh, you know, let's pause here in the document. We, uh, we're establishing here that the Middle East, uh, has been, uh, mis- totally misunderstood by secular historians. And what's really going on here, as this document shows, is that the Japhethites, who were descendants of Noah, who took possession of the Northland, north of the Mesopotamian area, have intermingled with the sons of Abraham and Keturah profusely throughout history, okay, and are to be considered our brethren until, of course, the Mohammedan era when they began, you know, making slaves out of people and importing slaves from India, Africa, and who knows where else, all right? So that's, and these, even these people were white until that happened. Okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Yahweh bless everybody. Uh, hope to see you around for Voice of Christian Israel later today. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Yahweh bless you all. Goodbye.